Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about expressive individualism and counseling. Well, thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Joining me is my good friend and fellow pastor, Brent Osterberg. Uh, Brent Brent is the preaching pastor at Living Hope Bible Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, He's also a dear friend and fellow contributor to uh, CBCD and our conferences and resources. And uh, so, Brent, welcome back to the podcast today. I'm glad to be on. So we're talking about expressive individualism. And and just we were just talking uh, before we hit record about uh, the need to bring biblical insight and biblical wisdom to popular topics in the broader counseling world and Christianity. And uh, I just want to express my appreciation for you keeping up with some of these things, because these are conversations we need to have to ask, what does the Bible say about these sorts of things? Um, so thanks for, for addressing that topic. Um, maybe some of our listeners are not familiar with the term expressive individualism. So maybe we could start just by asking you to define that term for us. What is expressive individualism? Yeah. Um, Carl Truman, uh, theologian Carl Truman has been talking a lot about this last couple of years. Um, he released a book that some of our listeners may have heard of, uh, the rise and triumph of the modern self. And he's kind of getting at this very subject in that book. How did we get to a place in our culture where um, it is accepted and even celebrated for someone to say, um, I am a woman trapped in a man's body. How can that be celebrated in our culture? How did we get to that place? And so he's dealing with this subject matter in that book. And I was listening to an interview with, uh, with Truman and this, this is the way he defines expressive individualism. I think it's helpful. He says it like this in order to be fulfilled in order to be an authentic person, I need to be able to express outwardly that which I feel I am inside. That's his definition of what it is, um, expressive individualism, that uh, fulfillment comes from expressing on the outside what a person feels they are on the inside. I think that's that's helpful for us getting started. Very helpful. Yes, it is. And, um, okay, so we've, we've defined it. It's this idea that I need to express what I'm feeling inside, that that's the, that the truest understanding of my identity. So how do we think about this in terms of a biblical analysis? Is this a good thing? Is this dangerous? Uh, how should we think about it as we put this under the biblical microscope? It is dangerous, and there are a number of dangers that I think we can point to as biblical counselors. Um, um, some of the articles I've been looking at, express the fact that really if you if you operate according to this philosophy then everyone who questions or confronts you based on what you are uh, promoting outwardly in terms of your real self then becomes an enemy if if there's any level of confrontation or questioning that person is is an enemy because you've stepped in the way of me actually um being an authentic person or expressing my authentic self and so um, you can see how cancel culture kind of plays into this, right? Um, you're, you're standing in the way of what I desire and my fulfillment. So I cancel you. I'm going to push you out of my life to whatever degree so that you cannot stand in my way. 
Um, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, another person writing on this, a guy named Samuel D. James, he, he talks about, um, our ability to curate our reality based on wanting to express our true self, what we are on the inside. Um, the internet helps with this. This is actually what he says is a quote from him, Samuel D. James. The ability to curate our reality cripples our capacity to follow the Bible's commands to live counterintuitively. And so what he means is um, that we're able, as especially in this uh, social media internet age, uh, so easily to shut off those voices that would be contrary to us expressing our true self. And, uh, the Bible actually, uh, speaks against our, our inner person often because who we are on the inside without Christ is, um, a wretch. And so if we're used to canceling voices that are contrary to our expression of self, then it's going to get in the way of us actually glorifying God and living faithfully before him. Hmm. Um, there's also, um, a danger in that really, uh, this is all about self. Self becomes authority in uh, expressive individualism. So you, your self divine, defines identity. Your identity is, is self-defined. And then you do all that you can to protect that identity and then promote that identity. And so it comes from, from within and goes outward, but it's all self-determined, self-protected, and self-promoted. And it's at all costs, uh, especially as you begin to embrace this, uh, this aspect of the culture that's celebrated. It's a, no matter who gets in my way, then I, I, I'm going to step on them to truly have self-fulfillment. Um, um, our readers might want to go check out an article that was, uh, was actually a movie review for World Magazine on one of the latest Pixar movies called Turning Red, which really uh, has this idea of expressive individualism at its core. And so if you want to go look at that, you can look it up on their on their website. But this this idea of no matter who gets in my way, I'm going to step on them to express myself and people get hurt. And that's OK. It still needs to be celebrated, even if people are uh, are being, um, you know, basically falling down around me because I need to, to be who I truly am. So you can see how this really flies in the face of biblical Christianity. Wow, that's really helpful. And yeah, it is. I mean, having heard that analysis, it is dangerous because it does. It seems to promote uh, human sinfulness and fallenness as the truest expression of our individuality and our, our authentic self. And then, like you said, to just promote that, to, to potentially stomp on others in the process of expressing that. And that really is antithetical to uh, repentance and faith in Christ, finding our identity in him. Um and so much of what the Bible teaches about what it means to really walk with God. So, yeah. wow. Okay. So, so what do we do about this? Um, bring us, bring us biblical gospel help in terms of how to respond, how to address this. And, um, and of course, if, if there's ways we can address this in a counseling context too, uh, that might be helpful. So what do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah. Uh, several things. Well, we, we need to have the Bible define who we are. God defines who we are. And and so as Christians, we know that um, through the cross, we actually now are living a life that is not about me. Second um, Corinthians five fifteen, 
which uh, you may know. Uh, and he died for all, speaking of Jesus, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. We have to have a biblical anthropology. Um, we are saved, and in being saved, we are saved from self in a very real sense and saved to a life of promoting and living for and depending on Christ. And so um, um, if expressive individualism is uh, determining what true self is, and if, if the individual is the authority, then there is a serious butting of heads between us and God. There's another quote that uh, Carl Truman uses in an article of his that I read. He says this. He says, the expressive individual is the sovereign individual. All other relationships are subordinate to the personal needs and feelings of me as an individual. Thus, I can choose whether to acknowledge their authority. I can choose what my commitment to them should involve and how I should treat any counsel they give me. I am the sov- sovereign arbiter of what is good for me. Everybody else can practically give me nothing more than pious advice based upon their opinion. So it's a, a denial of of anyone who might seek to um, try even to help another person. Um, the expressive individual can say, oh, that's just a good opinion. That might be good for you, but it's not for me. Um, so you can see how that plays into counseling as well. As we seek to bring the scriptures to bear on people's lives, we have to help our people understand that any counsel that we give is counsel that is given from God's word. And it's not an opinion at all. It's, it, it is reality. It is truth with a capital T. And so God, as the sovereign one, trumps any um, illusion of the expressive self being sovereign. And our council needs need to understand that. And we need to help them understand that. Um, and because expressive individualism is something that is being celebrated, there's less and less of a negative connotation for sinful choices. So we have to help people breathe in the air of the scriptures and let that be their reality instead of uh, this, this kind of echo chamber of people celebrating whatever choice you want to make, no matter how immoral it might be or no matter how many people um, might be stepped on in the process. So uh, I think that that's that's helpful. And you can you can see as well in a counseling uh, perspective how a counselee who adopts this kind of thinking could call it quits on their marriage because they've got to really be who they truly are. And they're going to follow their feelings without regard to the morality of what their feelings are reflecting. They're going to call it quits on their marriage because they have to pursue what they really feel like on the inside or, or obviously with uh, embracing homosexuality or transgenderism, perhaps parents neglecting their children because they want to pursue their passions, uh, walking away from all, all manner of responsibilities that, that Christ calls us to. So in terms of some really practical advice for us, um, we can help our counselees by, at the beginning of a counseling process, uh, spend more time with them, um, defining who God is and who we are in relationship to him. Um, even before someone comes to Christ and is, is no longer living for themselves but for him, they are made in God's image to reflect who he is. Uh, they are image bearers of God, according to Genesis 1. 
And so we, we say it like this at our church. We say, um, we exist to show the world what God is like. And if, th- if that's true, then you don't get the privilege of expressing who you are. Your job is to fall in line with who God made you to be and to show others uh, his attributes. And so uh, there is that sense of even before coming to Christ, we are made not for ourselves. We're made for him. But um, I think uh, that helping them also in Christ to understand that on uh, that issue of ownership. Now, in our culture, ownership um, is not something that's lauded, right? Somebody, uh, to, to believe that we belong to someone else is not something that, that uh, people like to think about much these days. It seems oppressive to others. But I, I was um, preaching the other day a stanza from Psalm 119, and, and uh, the psalmist in verse 94 just simply says to God, I am yours. I love that. I am yours. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, um, Paul tells the, the Corinthians, you were bought with the price. So um, you are not your own because at the price of Christ's blood, you have been purchased. Therefore, you belong to him now. And so helping people understand that that there is an ownership placed upon their lives. They are they don't belong to themselves. Therefore, they can't just express themselves however they feel. But they have to express, uh, who, yes, who God made them to be. And yes, their personality. There's there's much that's good in that. But it must be done within the, the, the confines and through the, the, uh, the filter of the word of God. And that's what truly gives fulfillment. And I think that's what we need to help people understand is you're not going to be fulfilled to the degree that, uh, that you just let it all out, right? That you, um, you just give full vent to your spirit. The Proverbs talk, um, negatively about that. But to truly have fulfillment, help your counselees understand that when Jesus, uh, when Jesus was given his call, to discipleship in Luke chapter nine, he, he called them to come after him and to deny themselves, right? Not to embrace themselves and their own sinful desires, but to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him daily. And then the very next verse says this, he says, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. You lose your own definition of who you are and you forsake that for the sake of Christ, then that's when you really find yourself. That's when you really have fulfillment and uh, you could say self-actualization if you wanted to use that terminology. Right. So um, helping people understand that, that, that really to to express your sinful passions and desires only actually brings you further away from the God who does define you and does give you fulfillment. Really helpful, really helpful, Brent. And you think too, just the, the misguided value judgment that's being made, you know, fallen people are valuing themselves above everything else instead of what we were made for, which is to value God as supreme. Yes. As, as yes. that great treasure. And then, of course, the gospel helps us to see that and repent of, uh, of an overvaluing of self so that we can value Christ and his sufficiency. So, yes, absolutely. We find our contentment and we find our purpose and our joy in him and him alone. Amen. Well, this has been a very helpful conversation. I'm sure you've sparked the interest of many of our listeners are there some resources that you could recommend to further understand expressive individualism, how to understand it biblically and, and how we help people that might be caught up in this? Yes. Um, back in March, um, nine marks, 
um, Nine Marks Ministries gave out their uh, journal, their quarterly journal. And it is solely on this topic. It is on expressive individuals. And the whole issue is based on this subject matter and how it relates to the church. And so if you go to ninemarks.org, you'll find there it's all the articles are free online. And so you can you can download that. You can put it on a device and and read those articles. There there are two or three Carl Truman articles there. And the other uh, gentleman I, I quoted, Samuel D. James, has a great article on that issue. And so I would point you to that uh, that nine marks journal. Also, in terms of uh, helping counselees know who they truly are in Christ, uh, there's a book uh, that you may have heard of, Who Am I? Identity in Christ by Jerry Bridges. Small little book, less than 100 pages, but it just gets at um, who the Christian truly is. And we, we need to have the scriptures tell us that so we don't fall into lies. So I'm a creature. I am in Christ. I'm justified. I'm adopted son of God. I'm a new creation. I'm a saint. I'm a servant of Christ. And I'm not yet perfect. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what a great number of chapters there to help anybody really um, believe um, who they are according to what God says and not what their hearts say. So yeah, there's a couple of resources. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your time. This has been a wonderful conversation. And as, and as always, I, I, you've, you've served us so well today in terms of thinking biblically about a very popular topic. We see it in the counseling room, but we see it in the broader culture. And uh, thank you for helping us to think biblically about this important topic. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. For more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, uh, you can visit us at our website, thecbcd.org, where we have many free resources available on a variety of counseling topics. And for more information about Pastor Brent Osterberg and his ministry at Living Hope Bible Church, you can visit them at their website, which is lhbcmansfield.com.